All right, welcome everyone to the Summoning Hour podcast. We're finally back at this syntax. It's been a few weeks now since doing it on time, and uh, it has. We've we've suffered planes, plagues, and now we're getting into player changes. So it's it's kind of the lull, but uh, all the excitement's kind of done, and we're just waiting for the new pro league to start. Yeah, yeah, it has been one heck of a hiatus. Both me and you have been fighting off the old coronavirus. Right. I'm in like the heart of it, man. Like Microsoft um, telling everyone work from home for the next two weeks, school district closing down, saying everyone teach your kids from home for the next two weeks. You know, I'm I'm gonna have to side with uh Elon I don't know if anyone here who follows Elon Musk on Twitter, but I do because it is just pure enjoyment everything he tweets so um <laughs> that's true he tweeted he tweeted i think yesterday he was like this whole coronavirus panic is dumb i was like thank you and some people were like well us mere mortals have to fear stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> but uh I don't know. Everyone else is tweeting like them pictures of them like buying out all the toilet paper and hand sanitizer and everything from Costco. I, I don't. I just think it's. I think it has been blown way out of proportion. And there are people saying there's there's even conspiracy theorists out right now saying that like there was like coronavirus camps in Washington. Uh, what? Aren't you in Washington? Is that true? Do you yeah, know I'm... that? I'm in Washington, but like, no, there's no camps like that. Oh dear God! Maybe this whole coronavirus is just one big uh, promotion for uh, the release of a uh, uh, um, outbreak, or yeah. what is the new Rainbow Six come quarantine? Oh, there you go. So this is just one big Ubisoft. promotional promotional hype training for the Ubisoft the of Rainbow Six really pulling it over on top of Fortnite with their creative marketing campaign. <laughs> no, it, it's scary. Like, uh, I, so I've been working from home since Wednesday, but uh, if you look up on Twitter pictures of like downtown Seattle and like Pike Place Market, like our biggest tourist attraction in all of Seattle, and there's like no one no cars anywhere i mean it's it's crazy what's up with washington is is that like ground zero for the coronavirus is that why washington has been getting so much like coronavirus publicity is is uh so it was the first one first location in the states to really announce i think it was the first one in the states to announce that it had tested positive we were the first fatality from coronavirus and then it's exploded here because like one of the like elderly care facilities hospice care facilities had like a ton of the patients there sick with it and then like a ton of visitors were coming in and out of there so like that whole county and district is now under like super lock and key even though like school districts to the north and south of us aren't closed down but yeah, Washington State just kind of exploded out of nowhere in the coronavirus news. And we get a whole bunch of international travel anyways, so um, that doesn't help. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know the coronavirus, if you don't know why, 
this the 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 whole it, this has been dangerous the corona what the coronavirus does is it's just a version of the flu but what it does is it causes severe respiratory distress and pretty much essentially starts to make your lungs not work very well and therefore you know it, it can be fatal um it can put you into respiratory arrest stuff like that i think there's two versions of it there's like the sars which is the something something re respiratory syndrome and then there's the mers which is the the middle eastern respiratory syndrome um let me see what the, i forgot what sars stands for it stands for bad shit that you don't want severe 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 acute respiratory syndrome and that's what the the version is that's going around the coronavirus is sars is the the acute respiratory syndrome um and so if you have if you have the flu and i'm not talking about just like a basic cough and basic flu stuff but like if you start to severely like have trouble breathing go to the hospital but other than that don't freak out if people around you are getting sick it's <laughs> still the middle the of winter it's still Mass winter time hysteria. flu still happen like take care of yourselves and that's about the level of pro league news that we have in that there is nothing <laughs> like there is nothing to talk about so here's a friendly coronavirus psa yeah uh with that being said pro league um there obviously there's not much going on with pro league we're still in in mid-season since the wrap-up of, of of invitational we still got what two weeks left until the yeah. startup of the second half of pro league so um there are a couple pro league changes that went on uh, um by changes i mean roster or roster um moves right so uh we'll start off with team reciprocity um Nix and Retro got benched, aka the they got kicked off the team, or they left, whatever it may have been. Um, and then they picked up uh, Biologic, the former TSM member, and then they also picked up Slashug. Um, they they bought him out from uh, LG, which means Slashug left LG, and in doing so, they picked up Jarvis. Um, so now Jarvis is on LG, um, which is good. You know, I'm, I, those are two two players, uh, Biologic and, and, and Jarvis, um, that I'm really glad to see back in pro. They they both deserve to be back in pro league. Uh, Biologic, if you guys didn't know Bio, Biologic, he didn't he never he never got kicked off the TSM. He actually left due to personal uh, being. Uh, he had to deal with this whole accusatory thing. Uh, some this woman accused him of That's nice. uh, sexually assaulting her and he had to go through all that and lawyered up and turns out it, he didn't do it and so he's free of that charge That's um good. yes so he's he was looking to get back into 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 competitive and was doing challenger league with tomas and them and then he quit because he was talking. It was in the works of talking with reciprocity to join Rec. So, um, so now he's back in Pro League, which is really good. And then Jarvis, poor guy. You know, he got dropped off of. He, he was a former Dark Zero move. Um, and then he got he got dropped from Dark Zero, and then he's been doing damnedest to get teams to get back into Challenger League. And uh, he actually played for TSM for a little bit. Um, and 
brought them to victory over in DreamHack uh, Montreal. Um, wasn't it DreamHack Montreal? I think that's what it was, right? Yes. Yeah. Or Took them to victory. Um, yes. And then and all of, and then all of a sudden he gets kicked off a of DSM for God knows what. Uh, and then he went back to his hold trying to get teams to get back into the challenger league because he he's just a hungry player. He wants to be in pro league and he deserves to be. In pro league. So it's good to see him being picked up by by a pro league org. Uh, and I think that's about it when it comes to roster changes. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. So no, I mean, there's been no real movements from anyone else. So. I mean, I have to wonder what Tempo Storm's really doing right now. LG picking up Jarvis, like, that'll be good, but is that enough to really bring them out of the middle of the pack? I, I don't know. I don't think so. And then nothing from Evil... or Evil Genius has made a couple of changes just before the break. Um, it was in, like, the last couple weeks of the actual Pro League matches, but... Um, I don't think it really did much for them. I think they they probably only had like one, maybe two matches with uh, the new roster changes. Did I mean Tempo Storm? Yeah, is that here you were talking about? Uh, no, Evil Geniuses. Oh, okay. Let's see. I don't think they did anything, but... Oops. But, I mean, those are the two teams I'm most concerned about not doing enough during this downtime and thinking that they have enough faith in the roster that they have to pull them out of, like, the bottom performances that they've had for the last two seasons. Um, I hope to see more from them. Those orgs are, like, long-standing and very reputable, competitive groups, so... I'm curious why they're having such a hard time getting those competitive rosters with them. Oh, they uh Oh, EG, they kicked uh they kicked Did did we know that already? Yeah, they did. They did a couple of things. They kicked before. Gotcha and uh and picked up Spades. When was that, Do you know? Um, according to ESL, it was on January 20th. Okay, yeah, I mean, I knew that they had done something recently, but, um, yeah, gotcha in spades, yep. So that happened, so I'm seeing that on the 27th from Liquipedia, so... That might have been a couple of weeks worth of change or of gameplay game days to go, have gone through with spades, but nothing noticeable was going to happen in those matches. And I can only hope that the quality of their scrims have really started paying off. Like there's been no real analyst changes, no real coach changes um, outside of TSM's coach um, Bagel going, but like outside of that, there hasn't been at least not externally a lot of conversation about what eg and tempo storm are going to do to become competitive again because like they're just kind of limping along and it, it makes me sad to see that and I, it makes me think that there's a challenger league team 
that's more hungry and more determined than these teams that are just kind of satisfied being in that bottom step. Yeah, and I think actually, um, um, Bagel got picked up as a coach for EU E United, so he's now their coach. <laughs> Tempo looks like so filthy left, and then they picked up Mark. I think we might have talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that one. And so, yeah, like Bagel going from TSM to United makes sense now. It's like, okay, picked up by United, bought out of the contract, whatever. However that works, like United's going to absolutely benefit from what Bagel was able to coach in TSM, but also everything he was able to learn from TSM, even if he wasn't like a super active part of why they won or why they did so well at the Invitational. So mm-hmm. regardless of Bagel's overall impact on TSM, United's going to absolutely benefit. And hopefully that'll push them above reciprocity and keep a tighter race between like SSG, DZ, and TSM. Okay. I don't like the pickup of Jarvis by LG and then all the MIA kind of moves and communications about Tempo Storm and EG. It just makes me leave a question mark and it's like, how much are you really looking to change in that next season coming up? With, With just given the performances by those teams, like Tempo Storm, EG were one win, one draw, and five losses. LG was one win, three draws, and three losses. Like the, that kind of performance tells me you need to step up the change that's going on. Or you need to change something, and if they're not changing things internally, with they need to change things with like very visibly uh, visceral changes that are observable from the outside. So cut these three or four players kind of thing like our roster doesn't make sense with these people are picking up some of those strong challenger league players Mm -hmm. like make a move like this is your time to be making that move yeah and it's good to see that teams are actually starting to uh dip down into the challenger league and pick up people from there um you don't see that too often usually um you know teams in north america kind of switch in between each other they kind of keep to yeah. themselves the, the players um but it's good to actually finally see teams start to dip down in the challenger league and grab players out of there because there are some damn good players in challenger league that deserve to be in pro league so it's good to see absolutely and i i can only imagine that some of those teams that you're going to be seeing cherry picked from like we've, we've talked about it a little bit about potential college players being picked up and knowing like that Akron is participating in Challenger League uh, scrims as well as just trying to participate in Challenger League team, uh, Challenger League as well. Like, that's a big move. Like, and if any of those teams are successful, uh, that's doubly successful in that they're practicing for the, all the, the college based leagues, but then they're also looking at that professional environment as well. Mm-hmm. And it makes them noticeable. There are a lot of uh, college teams that are kind of that are starting to try and step out of the boundaries of collegiate and actually try and delve more into the 
um, the hardcore competitive scene. Um, you know, back you know with my original A and M roster, you know we 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 tried our hand at a U.S. national quals. We did challenge league quals. You know we did go four cups. Uh, you know anything you can name. You know we we tried it, and uh, you know in some we got pretty far. And I think that's what um, kept us a step ahead of all of the other competitive um, college teams is because, you know, we were getting that experience, that outside experience from other, you know, from from uh, from higher, higher level gameplay. I mean, you know, coming back to, to CR6 and uh, and using that that knowledge that we gained from there. And honestly, like I, I, I highly recommend a lot of college teams. Um, start doing like go four cups um you know do open qualifiers you know even though you know you're not going to get any in those qualifier cups still do them you know it costs you zero dollars there's nothing to lose and you you play teams that are better than you you know you you get that knowledge and that and that experience of playing these higher level teams and you can take that and use it in in, in collegiate and I mean, it's not like in collegiate, you're going to have a huge grasp on all the players at all the time, because I mean, people graduating, people dropping out of teams, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you might have your collegiate scrim partners, but like those could change season to season just based off of availability. And when you look at like CR6, which has 140 teams and you're going through this four week mixer of playing anyone and everyone. It, you don't know who you're going to get. You might as well be playing a stronger opponent in a league that doesn't matter while you can anticipate that you're going to get a few lemons in your collegiate league right now. Yeah. And it, it, it you know, it, it, it'll really, it'll shine some light on how the game is actually played at a high competitive level too because, you know, I was watching, you know, one of my, one of the the players from another team was showing me a vod of them playing against another team uh, i'll i'll leave them nameless but you know in their comms you know they were playing against you know my they were playing against my friend's team right and i, I was hearing their comms and they were like like this is so frustrating like you know all of a sudden i see a drone and as soon as i shoot the drone this guy comes and kills me like this it's it's dumb like why would you do that <laughs> blah, blah, blah blah it's like that's how the game is played you know, your entry fraggers follow the drone in, you know, and they they spot you and you're dead. Like that's how that's how the game is played. And and they were just they were just baffled at like all these like you know pretty common pretty common things that are done in competitive level play. And obviously, like it, I you know it was pretty obvious that these guys were new to to competitive level, or I hope they. Were. Uh, you know, and if you start to go, you know, if you venture out out of your comfort zone, you these things, you'll be able to bring those tactics back. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think about what perfect R6 play looks like with some of the utilities, and it all just comes down to timing and how much you trust that other person beside you. Like, as soon as they do the right thing, and you have a player who knows what to do in that situation. It could, it should be absolutely lethal every moment, every play that's being made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
And if you think about what that looks like in a moment to moment play by play, like round round after round, it's going to, it should look like just people like who have hacks on like wall, wall hacks, aim hacks, everything just because they're reacting immediately to brand new information. And they, if they can yeah. anticipate everything between them and that action, it's just going to be a beautiful play. And also it, and, the best the best thing they're the best ones are when you're watching a team and you know you and you hear like you know these guys don't even droning you know like i see i, I haven't seen a single drone blah, blah, blah. it's like well you can <laughs> you can drone without pinging and you don't have to you know these guys are sitting on site waiting for drones to come through the door you know, if, if you know where the if you know where the site is, you don't have to send your drone into its death. Like, why? Right. That's, that's not what you do. You, you, the point is to keep those drones alive because it's another information gathering utility. So, I think it's still funny. Like, all even I go into a pub match and you just see like people drive their drones and it's just like, oh, I spotted everyone. Got it. Good job. It's like. <laughs> okay good on you you you've got yourself some it's points, like but... in the round starts you're like okay well okay where is everyone i don't know i just know you know i i just know they have a dock well that doesn't that doesn't help me so you had mentioned um that there were some challenger league changes as well yes so um for season 11 in north america um challenger league there will be no promotions and there will be no relegations which means no pro league teams will be going down a challenge and no challenger league teams will have the opportunity to come into pro league um and they're kind of putting a lock on it for this season and that's really unfortunate uh I, it's good for the pro league players obviously because they won't get relegated but for the cl teams it's really unfortunate because that means they don't have the opportunity to, to make it into pro league on the other hand, because they're doing this, they are going to double the Challenger League uh, prize pool um, from $23,000 to $56,000. Um, so the, that, the whole prize pool is, is going to be good as a, an incentive for a lot of orgs to stay inside Challenger League. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes do. Like, And basically what it does is it says, okay, we need to keep you here for at least two seasons the one you just did and this next one coming up so here's a little incentive to maybe a little front loaded to stick around now if they could keep um keep that prize pool for challenger league going forward that'd be kind of insane yeah that, that would be really good That's what I would hope for. I mean, if they're going to make this change that's only monetary and only like upfront like this, that it should be kept for longer term than that. Just to be like, thanks for dealing with our shenanigans that we didn't tell anyone about and didn't even hint at. Like that level of league change when it's your primary esports focus and your primary feeder, it's a little crazy to think that that's all they have to say about it yeah yeah um and yeah i don't 
I don't know like what their reasoning behind closing off relegate or promotion relegations was. I, I have no idea. Um, but actually, come to think of it, um, did they increase the amount of teams that, that can be in pro league? I thought they talked about that. They did. did they, did they reverse they did. that. Uh, last they I understood from the, from the six invitational, they were just saying that there was going to be two more teams added to each um, division. So, so did they bring those two teams up and then close it off? Not that I've seen. I have no idea. I, like everything, like Siege.gg, Liquipedia, none of them are indicating which if there is two additional teams added. Um. Yeah, you know, and from what I saw when I was when I was looking over everything up, I didn't see any teams. Like, I guess they just, I guess they reversed that, um, and then kept the 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 challenger league teams the same. I'll be interested in checking back on that and seeing if there's been any official word from Ubisoft on if they've made any changes to what they announced at the Sixth Invitational. I I would imagine that would have been bigger news if they had but you never know I mean maybe it's something that they wanted to keep quiet yeah probably so do you have any um, any any prevalent information on collegiate uh not a whole lot so like we're in let's see week four week three of the collegiate r6 league we are in week four of the ce or going into week five of the cea siege league and we are into week three of the crsl season, uh, invite season now, unfortunately, CRSL has not posted in an easy-to-find way, or any way, as far as I can tell, uh, to see how weeks one and two have gone for teams. And outside of knowing what groups people are in, uh, that's all I can tell you about their league right now. They have a number of streams, so make sure you check out their uh, Twitch channel for all of their streams. They do end up streaming all of their matches, and they will log all of the VODs to their YouTube channel. So check out twitch.tv slash space underscore productions for the CRSL league streams. And they've been quite active announcing them. And so they've been doing the invite league as well as the open league streams. So uh, go in there, hop, uh, hop at them because the invite league is just the creme de la creme. The, the team, two teams who were invited from winning last season and the runners up as well as two teams from DreamHack LA, or no, DreamHack Anaheim, uh, who qualified here uh, as that, but then the top four teams from seven other trials during the season. Uh, so these are your, the ones who have pulled through in kind of clutch or kick mentality in these trials. So these ones are good. Uh, the number of teams stand out. So we have, I've already announced all of the teams and everything. So if you're familiar with this, uh, CR6, you have some recognizable names there as well. So that's good and uh, 
good company to be talking through. I'm still in the middle of making the spreadsheet I mentioned last time where I want to take the teams that are in all three leagues and just kind of call out who's doing well and how well they're doing across the board and seeing if there's any distinct performance differences based off of maybe opponents that they've played in different leagues. So there's at least that. Uh, let's see. Any teams I really want to call out? No, I mean... I mean, just listen to Group B in Collegiate Rainbow Six League. Charger Blue, uh, University of Texas San Antonio A, Longhorn Gaming, Texas A&M Maroon, Arizona State Gold, LSU, Louisiana State University of Lafayette, and the AFK Experience. I don't know. I We talked about them. Um, I forgot what school that was. Arizona. It was the other Arizona team. Northern Arizona. That's right. Yeah. It was Northern Arizona. So, like, again, these groups are region based. So, of course, they're going to be tight knit. But, like, for me, that just screams the group of death. Like, I do not want to be in Group B. The South, yeah. I've I recognized this in Heroes of the Dorm and early Tespa stuff uh, with, like, Overwatch and everything. The, sa- the South is just a straight up scary scary region period for esports collegiate esports the south is just scary because there's nothing better to do other than play video games right well i mean you would think you could say the same thing about the schools out here in washington where it's just raining 90 percent of the days and cloudy and just miserable and you don't want to go outside anyways but as soon as you leave california and uh, depending on the game, Oregon, like Washington, just kind of sucks. Like we we have we've had a hot spot with an Overwatch team, but that's about it. Um, so yeah, like the those groups are exactly what you would expect. the The level of competition is going to be great. I mean, like I said, t- the S- Southern Division is group of death, hands down. Um, let's see. I can't even make heads or tails of group. I'm going to call them group C, but it's the other side of the bracket. So Akron, FIU, Wisconsin Red, Auburn, uh, Tennessee, University of Tennessee, Knoxville, Boolin Bearcats. I don't even know what school that is. Uh, <laughs> Virginia Commonwealth University. And then Elon I don't know if that's Elon University or just someone goofing on Elon Musk. <laughs> okay, so Boolin Bearcats. Yeah, B O L L I N G or I N apostrophe Boolin. B O L L I N. B O O L I N. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Here, here's an interesting thing. So, Akron, Wisconsin, Tennessee, like that's got to be kind of like your north division, northern division. But then you think about this: the second group B, ASU, uh, ASU, so Arizona State, University of Utah, Colorado, Northern Arizona, Arizona University, University of California, Irvine, Texas Tech University. And CGC, I uh, don't know. 
and University of uh, Texas San Antonio, another South heavy division. That's scary that there's so many strong Southern Southern state teams. Like that's from Arizona over to, I mean, you could go all the way over to Florida if you really wanted to call that part of the South, South proper, but like, Honestly, I feel like a lot of the dominant teams come from the bottom half of the U.S. Like, yeah, you get like the bottom half of California into Arizona. I don't know about Mexico. The cow skips over, and then you got Texas, and then goes over to 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 Florida, right? Or Louisiana, and then Florida. So like all of, it kind of rides the bottom of the U.S. So like all the strong yeah. teams, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, absolutely, and like it, it makes sense. And it's just it, it's crazy. I mean, when you think about Texas as like a football town, as the demographic moves away from football being their thing, it's just like football trends downwards with younger kids, anyways. Like, what are they latching onto? Football, and it's just like okay, I could see Texas to being like okay. Esports is the new football, and you see that with their infrastructure being built out, both in education and as well as professional. And it's like it's going to be a real deal, scary powerhouse. Well, the thing about football in Texas is that football doesn't ever decline. Esports is rising, but football is still up there. Football has not moved. It's still always. Let me tell you something. As a Californian, now a Texan, um. I, the there's some there's there's multiple high schools in this town that have football stadiums that are bigger than most college stadiums I've seen in California. That's insanity. Yeah. Right. Like proper insanity. Dollar like high schools with these multi-million dollar football stadiums uh, that are more fancy than any college football stadium I've seen in California. I believe it. I mean, football generates a stupid amount of money. And when you start sending your teams off to professional teams and it makes all that difference, man, money just comes pouring in. Uh, so, I mean, CRSL looks like it is stacked competition and I'm really excited to see some of these matches and just to see how these, these groups are playing out. Um, but we will have to wait. The good news, the really cool thing is if you go onto the CRSL website, colleger6.com, and you look up Season 2, if you can navigate to Season 2 teams, group teams, if you go over each group, you can click on the Matches tab, and you can see the entire schedule, week to week, who is playing who, for the entire uh, seven-round um, group stage. And it's like, yes, finally. I can at least start looking forward to, hey, this matchup's coming up. This is what I would expect to be a good match. Maybe try try and check out the stream. Um, and as they get more understanding of being able to say, this team's streaming, this team's streaming a few weeks in advance, that's just good straight-up production work and will never be missed um, if that feature goes away. like If that feature goes away, I get sad again. <laughs> let's hope not oh you can click on each of the matches and it looks like there's a 
there's a tab for match details as well as attachments so they might start attaching VODs to those uh mm, yes please more more data more data more data uh cea they have a great little setup for their spring um spring league both in the invite standings as well as the open league but in the invite standings they have a great set of data so that you can look at each division so galahad lancelot percival and mordred each each division only has four teams but you can start seeing teams their abbreviation round differential number of matches that they've played all that stuff so relatively up to date only a few teams have recorded their fourth match but uh, actually it looks like some of those tabs are just not up to date but the cool part is that they have a full list setting where you see all the teams and how they're all stacked up it's ordered by points and then round differential so one thing that's interesting to see university of akron last season's triple crown threat and strong strong teams in the other leagues they're actually sitting at third place with only eight points they've played all four matches they have a huge round differential of 27 but it means that they haven't secured all the points that they should have uh coming from that top echelon team rochester institute of technology is actually leading the way at 10 points and with a round differential of 29. Oh, but wow. they get it gets even cooler because then they have a tab for cross division results as well so you can see who's doing the best across the divisions now right now they all of these teams have only played one match at most outside of their division but there you see Uni university of akron leading the way with the highest round differential uh, of 12 and a win tied with carnegie mellon university who has the same three points 12 round differential but those are the only two teams that are there and if you really want to get interesting uh rochester institute of technology team a the ones who are leading the charge overall they only secured two points and have a round differential of five so it's not quite the clean, same clean win and not it was close so it's not an easy win for them so it's an interesting perspective to be able to say hey rit may be dominating in the percival division which they are like eight points to oh i guess if you take into account that this tab's not fully updated they are still well in ahead of everyone else like the other teams are struggling with each other rochester is just kind of hanging out in the lead so there's tons of information to be pulling in here um carnegie mellon university second place overall lower round differential than akron sitting at third but more points granted they have played their fifth match and akron and even rit haven't recorded their fifth match match so we're getting some spotty results but at the same time it's saying how close all of this is so the cea has done a great job selecting their 16 teams for the invite league and how they all qualified i don't quite remember so this is this when you think about the 16 teams that are in or not 32 teams that are in crsl but then you look at this and you see some of the same names not 
all of the same names definitely not all the same names but you have a pretty tight competition a nice bell curve of points and everything so it's it's looking pretty good of how they've laid out their their groups so no one's really a group of death at this point that's good okay yep and then as we look over at collegiate r6 guess who's sitting at the top who's that akron they're right (laughs) there three and oh they're tied with texas tech university and cu boulder black all three have three wins their opponents win rates are two-thirds so they've won two lost one they were uh so all three of these teams and their three opponents going into week three were two and O teams. So now yeah. it's basically confirmed that they are looking at uh, winners play winners, losers play losers uh, for the next week's schedule. So you are starting to starting to see that creation of a bell curve to really, really Separate isolate who's teams. the top. Yep. Yeah. And even then, CU Boulder Black, as much as they have three wins their overall win percentage is lower than texas tech and akron uh, zips i'm guessing it's based off of map wins so if you look at it it looks like akron and texas tech are the only truly undefeated teams 100 percent map win rate 100 percent match overall win rate as well so only three teams that are in that three and oh um with the highest opponent win rates as well so that's why cu boulder blacks out there even though they've dropped the map ubc gold and mississippi state uh they're also three and oh but they have overall lower opponent win percentages even though they are still 100 percent win rates on their uh their own matchups so still a lot of perfect teams just looking at their opponents you start seeing that they play lesser opponents overall and CR6 keep going with with the massive tournament 140 teams this time around I think they learned their lesson about 214 teams from last season and with their added efforts of trying to get these matches streamed or at least some of them uh, that's probably a a good sacrifice overall okay A a lot of the teams that you would expect are there in that top kind of top 20 top 18 i mean 18 are all the three and oh teams so longhorn gaming grand canyon university clemson northeastern university of texas san antonio northern arizona csulb uh ucf anm anm maroon ubc gold cu boulder black like i could prattle off more of these names and like they mm-hmm. just get more and more familiar probably down through the top 50 and then some of them start falling into obscurity i feel like for the next like at least season or two um all these teams are going to be similar or like all the top teams are going to be similar you know i don't think we're going to see any changes in names here pretty soon but once like the the players start filtering out as they graduate we start getting new players into other, you know, other teams and other universities. Maybe the, the, the flow of, of, of teams at the top will change. Yeah, I, I think that we're almost we're looking at probably. 
I mean, Seer or Siege alone is three years old, going on four, and the collegiate scenes really two two strong seasons old after this season, and so I mean, you could probably see another a good strong rotation in the next year or two from a lot of these class, a lot of these schools because like CSULB and even Texas A&M notable teams the last two seasons people have got to be rotating out soon um, if they haven't already yeah I, I just hope what it overall means when you start seeing new school names popping up is just that there's more esports support from the collegiate infrastructure that says esports is like that next main way that we want to kind of build our reputation and start taking that more seriously with scholarship, real training regiment, real facilities available, real opportunity there. Yeah, I, I really think that call it more colleges need to start um, uh, recognizing esports as a varsity sport. Um, so these teams, you know, can do the, what's necessary in order to, you know, play in their sport properly instead of having to wait until, you know, 11 o'clock at night. You know, my my, my A&M guys just played a match the other day at, at 11 p.m. because it's the only time that the schools could play at. So, um, you know, yeah. It, it, it was a big conversation just, at the conference I was at, um, even just – by proxy of Twitter and just a few people who are at the conference, like it would be so nice to have a known schedule for this stuff. Cause like this conference, the collegiate esports expo was moved to be closer with PAX, but PAX was early or was later last year. And so they moved both of the events forward, which then kind of stomped on, a couple of teams' availability to come out and participate because they were doing a their college conference league as well as like they already had some other uh, events planned at that time, so other LAN events that they were going to go to. So they couldn't even come out and support something that's actually... A, a, it was a really impressive showing for the CEX Expo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, collegiate scheduling is just a huge question mark right now and no one really knows how to organize it yeah but if it was recognized as a varsity sport then they could take time out of their day and play the match at a reasonable time <laughs> oh wouldn't that be nice i mean i would i wouldn't mind being able to watch a game or two while i'm at work yeah. that would be a great way to spend my lunch People probably get mad I'd take one of the conference rooms though. <laughs> Big 16 inch LCDs. The, yeah, the, the conference room TV. Yep. Oh, I've done that before. It's oh, it feels so good to do that. Anyways, <laughs> uh so there there's a lot of really good teams participating across all three leagues. So whether you're a fan of one, you like the streamers, you like the production, the timing of it. There's so much content for you to be just nomming on. Like anyone who's interested in, in Collegiate Rainbow Six, there's plenty of content just to be 
enamored with and start following along with some of these teams and players, which I highly recommend. Uh, I did mention CRSL's Twitch stream. Let me mention the other ones. Uh, CR6 is twitch.tv slash collegiate R6. So C-O-L-L-E-G-I-A-T-E-R-6. And then CEA is twitch.tv slash CEA underscore siege. And they have these stream basically whenever whenever teams are available. So uh, I think CR6 actually has a more standardized broadcast schedule. Uh, and so does CRSL. They announce the open league stream as well as the main league stream each night in their Discord. So uh, if you're not in either the any of those discords, I highly recommend it as well, just so that you can get the stream notifications, because not everything is laid out well on social media. Uh, so embed yourself in that community and get involved. That would be nice. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, these teams are going at it. We're early in the formation of stuff, and unfortunately, until there's more um, match information, it's a little bit kind of like last season where it's hard to really say how these matches win or how how dominant a team really is the biggest talking point is just something that we kind of glanced over was akron showing up in third overall in the cea league but at the same time they're dominant in their division so they are first place there they haven't played their fifth match will probably it'll probably see them in that first second third seed spot even after they play that match okay but that's college um oh we there was some discussion about how they were going how these leagues were going to take into the new changes coming in so whether or not they were going to be rotating theme park into their league or whether or not cali and Wumai were going to be available well it's turning in to be a league by league decision now because pro league is introduced is letting them come out of quarantine with the start of a new season collegiate is all three of these leagues are already partially progressed into their season now cr6 is going to allow the new ops after phase one but they're not taking theme park into the pool they'll take it in after the season but crsl is not going to allow either so no new map, no, or not new map, not, it's not a new map, it's just the reworked theme park. And they're not going to allow Kelly and Wamai at all, because they'll be halfway through their season. So that's, they're, they're, CRSL quotes it being about competitive integrity and introducing a new map, as well as two new operators halfway through the group stages. They felt like it would compromise that competitive integrity and ask mm-hmm. too much uh, of the players to just be willing to kind of throw out the window um, with so much and change. So totally respect that. It just kind of adds a, a layer of consistency to the league, and there's no reason to, you know, add another uh, another variable into the into the into the fray midseason. So I respect them for that decision. Yeah, absolutely. I unfortunately wasn't able to track down what CEA was going to plan on doing. They might have actually already had it <clears> spelled out in their in their player handbook so i could dive into that and see if that's the case but uh it's interesting that it's lead by league 
If I remember correctly, I think all of the leagues are kind of in agreement with they're going to keep, if an operator is quarantined, they're going to keep it quarantined to the end of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if CEA and CR6 were the same. So I'm pretty sure CR6 was the same uh, the same way back when I was playing when it was uh, um, when Lion was in quarantine and uh, Nomad and yeah, they try and reflect the pro Cade scene as much as possible. Because yeah. I think they came out of quarantine mid-season. I think that they were still banned till the end of the season, if I remember. So that does sound right. So uh, it's just an interesting predicament that these collegiate leagues are being put into, in that they they want to align with pro league as much as possible. They they're participating in challenger league as much as possible, which is very much the same as pro league so they're trying to have that much rapport and respect for it but at the same time the schedule is the schedule and they have to think about their own um their own product and their own league and trying to make it as fair as possible or as as good content as possible Mm -hmm. and when you throw something that's going to throw the meta completely out of whack not in great timing like that that's a huge decision to make it is but they all seem capable of making those decisions i mean cr6 organizing hundreds of teams over the last two seasons cea having a highly competitive league and crsl working the production channels and the data channels like crazy they all have their own secret sauce to their league now, if they could combine all their forces and become a Super League, they could just take over Challenger League for all I care. <laughs> I don't know, that'd just, be the day. Just force Collegiate to be the Challenger League. <laughs> just, 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 uh, you know, mold into or mesh into them, absorb them. Yep. Oh, could you imagine a Collegiate branch and then like the challenger branch and then it's like it's like the two sides of a 64 team tournament oh that'd be funny oh that would be that'd be filthy and then i mean you relegate the winners up (laughs) i like it mega off mega off off pro league season that'd be good that'd be pretty good Oh, man, that that sounds that sounds exciting. I I I mean, like college is not the path to pro right now, right? Like maybe as like a co- like a content streamer, you can make that move or as an analyst, we've seen that happen, but mm-hmm. no one thinks collegiate esports players is that path to pro. And so like how how that changes when that changes if that changes that's an interesting conversation and like challenger league just lends itself to being like where do you fit in with collegiate or where does collegiate fit in with you as opposed to just looking at that top tier pro scene Mm -hmm. and honestly i think collegiate might get some more uh reputation if they got some more visibility 
uh when i say visibility i don't mean like participation i mean like um like recognition from like actual pro league players and i know actually for a while uh yeti supported collegiate r6 um back 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 when cr6 was the only league i know yeti you know constantly retweet and tweet out stuff about cr6 so that that was that was good visibility for for the collegiate league as well mark my words ubisoft will be picking a preferred collegiate league at some point they i i won't even try and fathom a guess but i will say that if cr6 is or not cr6 if r6 is as popular as it is and it's still growing they would be a, they would be missing an opportunity to grab a whole nother aspect of people who are already in tune with with r6 esports and actually siege has uh, has reached its um according to the steam charts at least it has reached its uh highest overall player base it has ever had now at the same time those numbers are uh, probably inflated because you know it doesn't take into account uh multiple accounts per person right sure so but still it you know it has reached its, its peak peak player count and uh, that could also be due to you know the the anticipation for the new season you, you know historically you know with games that have multiple expansions you know usually um player counts you know rise before and just as a, an expansion releases and then you know towards the end it delves and then it rises again when a new expansion comes out and it's just how it happens but still we've 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 out of all the years siege has been been in uh, been in business and all the expansions this is the highest it's ever been so that means it's growing at least you yeah. know somewhat i mean it's it's really stepped up between production between its involvement with challenger league between even just thinking about its own roadmap like announcing two years of roadmap still gets my game developer standing applause kind of thing like that's not mm -hmm. easy to do and it's not a decision that anyone takes lightly to say this is what we're going to do for the next two years like you don't you just don't see that level of confidence in what people are building so it's it's just a big deal period and to have r6 growing in a way that's where it's being recognized as it should be considered a tier one esport like that's that's pretty cool yeah it is and as high school and even middle school programs start getting their feet underneath them like collegiate's going to have its attention it's time for attention and anything that if ubisoft sees a a worthy partner you could see some real emphasis coming from ubisoft in that front like the they've been front runners in my mind and uh, how they've adapted their leagues so quickly to be friendly to like non-endemic organizations or to new organizations yeah absolutely 
well, we have managed to hit our hour, even though there is zero Pro League information going on. So uh, that's a good time to wrap this up. Did you have anything out there that you would like to say or talk about? More coronavirus advice? Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, no. I have. I don't have anything else. All right. Well, uh, for anyone else who tags along with some of my other podcasts, uh, the Summoning Hour is going to be going through a pretty long series of uh, content from my trip to the Collegiate Esports Expo. I would love if you would check it out. Uh, one of the things will actually be my 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 talk that I did, which was the the origin story of that podcast, the Summoning Hour, uh, which was a lot of fun to do. Met a whole bunch of people, and so there's going to be a number of interview series coming out where I got to interview a uh, colonel in the U.S. Army. He's like the highest ranking recruitment officer. Um, so I got to talk to him about why the U.S. Army is interested in esports, which was really cool to hear. He's actually really involved, which is awesome to hear. But then also some other organizations and a lot from the students who actually helped put on the Collegiate Esports Expo, which was exceptional to see. Just absolutely stellar to see these students really put together a quality production like this. Uh, so you can look forward to that content coming out over the next several weeks. It's going to be I might even have enough content where I do two episodes in a week. So that would be great to do for a few weeks. So that's pretty cool. Uh, otherwise, look for another Check Your Six podcast and with updates in your collegiate leagues and any other roster or challenger league and pro league news for the next two weeks. That's it for me. Thanks again for joining me, Syntax. It's great to see All you right, again. Guys. Both of us being upright and not sick as a dog not dying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm going to enjoy my enjoy my quarantine and uh, i will talk to you later